Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Stone Table. Today is the second day of Holy Week, and we remember Jesus cleansing the Temple of Jerusalem. This is a part of a series of devotionals that include prayer, scripture readings, and a brief commentary to help you reflect on the final week of Jesus' life. This is meant to accompany the devotional booklet titled Eight Days, which you can find at baylife.org Easter. Before we begin, let's take a moment to be still before the Lord. O righteous Father, cleanse the temple of our hearts. O Christ the Son, drive out the sin and corruption in our lives that does not honor you. O Holy Spirit, sanctify us so that we can serve as a kingdom of priests. Triune God, we ask that you would renew our hearts so that we might call the nations to worship you and to gather around Jesus, the true temple. Amen. And now, a reading from Isaiah, chapter 56, verses 6 and 7. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord, and to be his servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it, and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain, and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. And now a reading from Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 through 17. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple, and he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant, and they said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes, have you never read out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies you have prepared to praise? And leaving them, he went out to the city to Bethany and lodged there. Lord, we need you to cleanse the temple of our hearts. We have allowed them to become cluttered and unwelcoming, filled with sin, fear, and doubt. Make our hearts a worthy dwelling place for your Holy Spirit. Reveal to us the ways that we have been an unnecessary stumbling block for those seeking to know you. Turn our gaze outward to the world and give us a desire to know you, obey you, and glorify you. Amen. So the cleansing of the temple is one of those instances in the Gospels where Jesus seems to get a little bit angrier than what many of us are comfortable with. But it's such an important event that all four Gospels mention it. Matthew, Mark, and Luke mention it at the end of Jesus' public ministry at the beginning of Holy Week, whereas John mentions it at the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. Now, there's a couple different reasons for why that might be. 
Some have argued that in placing the cleansing of the temple first, John is making a theological point rather than a chronological one. And then other people have said that there were probably actually two temple cleansings in Jesus's ministry. He began his public work with a cleansing, and then he ended his public work at the beginning of Holy Week with a cleansing. Now, whatever the reason, there is a whole lot going on in terms of Old Testament promises being fulfilled. Most scholars would agree that the cleansing of the temple takes place at a location known as the Court of the Gentiles. Again and again and again, the prayer of God's people was that the house of God would be a house of prayer for the nations. This is what Solomon prays when he dedicates the first temple, and we see it again in the portion of scripture from Isaiah that was read. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. But what Jesus finds when he comes to the court of the Gentiles in the temple in his visit during Holy Week is that this place for non-Jewish people who had decided to leave behind their idols and follow the one true God, this place had become nothing more than a market. There were people selling animals. There were people bartering over prices. There were people, no doubt, shouting and arguing. And this outraged Jesus because Israel had failed to take seriously her mission to bless the nations. This was God's promise to Abraham in the beginning that his people, his descendants, would bless the nations. And what Jesus finds in the court of the Gentiles is not blessing, but blasphemy. This causes Jesus to be so outraged that he drives the people out of the court. But there's more going on here as well. There's another Old Testament prophecy being fulfilled that we find in the book of Zechariah chapter 14. As Zechariah looks towards the day of the Lord, he says that on that day, every pot in Jerusalem and Judah shall be holy to the Lord of hosts, so that all who sacrifice may come and take of them and boil the meat of the sacrifice in them, And there shall no longer be a traitor in the house of the Lord of hosts on that day. Zechariah is anticipating a day in which God's glory so fills the world and so fills every single home in Israel that people no longer need to go to the temple to sacrifice, but they're able to worship God in their own homes, that even the pots and pans of their house have been consecrated to God and are set apart as holy. In driving out the traders and the money changers, Jesus is saying that day has arrived. And he actually anticipates it when he talks to the Samaritan woman at the well in John's gospel. They're arguing over which is the right place to worship. The Jews had one location, the Samaritans had another. And then Jesus says, none of this will matter pretty soon. Because soon enough, it won't matter whether it's this mountain or that mountain. But what will matter is that we worship in spirit and in truth. That the whole purpose of the temple was to point to Christ. In Jesus' day, the temple was viewed as an overlap between heaven and earth, the meeting place between the domain of God and the domain of man. But in the incarnation, Jesus has become that meeting place. He is Jacob's ladder. He is the touch point between the realm of God and the realm of human beings. So that now, true worship is not offered at a place, but it's offered at the feet of a person. The cleansing of the temple invites us to examine our own hearts. The cleansing of the temple invites us to ask this question. Where have we failed, like Israel failed, to take seriously our mission to the nations? Where have we stood in the way of people coming to worship at the feet of the one true God? 
where have we been a stumbling block? What are the tables that Jesus needs to overturn in our own hearts? And how do we call people to worship in spirit and in truth at the feet of Jesus Christ, the meeting point of heaven and earth? So in light of all that we have heard, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.